and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 56 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul? Oh, hey. Paul's not here. This is wrestling fan Robin Williams. How are you? It's AEW. It's all elite. <laughs> what is elite? You're elite. I'm elite. Everybody's elite. It's Cody. He's Rhodes. He's got a big tattoo on his neck. It's going wee, wee, wee. And then it's on his neck. And you can see it. It's through his suit. Yeah. This is what happens when we start talking before we record, and then it just stays in our... Everything's fine. It's very normal. Um, death in the wrestling family reported today. Or death in the wrestling podcasting family. Was Diego, Diego Maradona big into wrestling? Yes, he was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, He had the, the podcast of, of God that he, he did where he uh, interviewed wrestlers. No, uh, <laughs> Bob Ryder. Um, yes, I, I'm as a wrestling fan of, of a certain age uh, and because I didn't uh, uh, get very into wrestling again until my adult life in 2014. I'm not as familiar with Bob Ryder's work as some others, but uh, very uh, much a, very much a pioneer in this thing that you and I are doing right now as we speak. Um, the, the the podcasting about wrestling, you know, founder of one wrestling dot com. Um, Again, pioneered the the wrestling podcast with WCW Live on the internet, and uh, yeah, and was also you know one of the founding fathers of TNA, which you know still continues today as Impact. I, I have only been influenced by Adam Carolla, who invented podcasting. Mm. <laughs> mm. But um... hey, you guys, you guys tired of watching wrestling? You know what? Wrestling is for girls. And in a few years, we're all going to be girls. Isn't that Gilbert Gottfried? It's the same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried. No, I'm not going gonna, gonna to take that back. Gilbert Gottfried is very cool. And Adam Carolla is a lame ass. Uh, uh, Gilbert Gottfried does the best Jerry Seinfeld. Hey, you guys like person. watching wrestling where it's a bunch of guys and all the guys are just wrestling each other. Well, you need to get yourself a cup of Mangria. The Sangria for guys. Um... Real, that's a real product, by the way. He makes a he makes a sangria. He calls mangria. It's a sangria for dudes. Wait, are we talking Corolla or, or Gilbert Godfrey? Corolla. Okay, because Gilbert Godfrey, Gilbert Godfrey sangria, I would drink the shit out of. He uh, hello, you have to drink my sangria. It's wine and fruit. He uh he he still does the he he did the best Jerry Seinfeld impersonation I've ever heard because it, 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 I'm just gonna uh, and you know, hey. What's the deal with airline food? 
I, I never liked Jerry Seinfeld as a stand-up, and so I never actually watched the show because I could not stand his stand-up. Is the is the best example of why Jerry Seinfeld actually sucks because Curb Your Enthusiasm is made by the same guy who made Seinfeld with a similar tone and humor as Seinfeld, and with all the same makings as Seinfeld, just without Jerry Seinfeld, and it's a far superior show. I. You know what? I've only watched a couple of Kirby Enthusiasms, and yeah, it's a, it's it's pretty good. Kirby yeah. Enthusiasm, cool. you should watch more. It's a f- wonderful show. I just rewatched a uh, classic, if not slightly problematic, episode. Uh, uh, one of their award-winning episodes called "Crazy Eyes Killer," which is a very very fun episode where uh, uh, Larry David is befriending Wanda Sykes' fiance, a rapper named Crazy Eyes Killer. And uh, they bond over uh, uh, telling each other that they're a good friend. Um, but they don't use the word good friend. They use a different word that's used um, yes, uh, in, in the black community that I will not be using. But Larry did use it in this episode. <laughs> anyway, back to Bob Ryder. Um, he, he passed away suddenly, I guess. Uh, he, he's been, he'd been battling, uh, I think, cancer for some time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess he had a, and I guess he had a fall yesterday at his home, but he said he was okay. But then you know he wasn't responding to to anybody, and you know they did a wellness check, and uh, well, was found dead. So, um, you know, rest <gasps> in peace, Bob Ryder. And, and you know we're not going to make light. Uh, although it is very nice to at least hear a story like this that doesn't involve a bow flex. So we're we are at least better than that regard. Yes. Uh, and of course also, um, RIP to, uh, Diego Maradona. Yeah. RIP which... Maradona, the God, man, Maradona was awesome. And if you need to really, uh, uh, you like a great example of how and why Diego Maradona was awesome. English soccer fans hate him. That's all the evidence you need. You know what? It, so, you know, you know, I, 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 I need to save. You know, I, I have something to say to that, but I need to save it for busting balls because they, they, should, they, uh, they I save just, it for that. All I'll say is they should spread Maradona's ashes in the Falklands. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch Dark this week? Wait, I was going to tell you to ask me if I watched Dark. So ask me if I watched Dark. Did you watch Dark this week? No. Okay. Well, then. <laughs> That's okay because I only kind of half-ass watched the first so wait, hour so of the night. You- well, well. So let's let's stop right there and uh, and do a proper segue. Since you didn't watch the first half uh, as as attentive as I did, and I put my uh, my podcast host cap on and took detailed notes, you will uh, go ahead and ju- just uh, just just zip it right here, real quick, there, Jeff, because I got something for you. Okay. Well, why don't we? And go... with that, we go to Daly's place in Jacksonville, Florida, for AEW Dynamite. Your hosts. Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, and Excalibur. The show opens with your first match of the night. It's Adam Page versus John Silver in a match that has been hyped for uh, about a little over a week. Uh, we open up with a backstage promo, Dark Order, during the entrances. Uh, so how much did you see of this match, Jeff? Um, so the story goes is I was actually, I got roped into a... A a an a you know a a a Microsoft Teams meeting slash you know drink up 
with my team while it was still on the clock. So I got to drink on the clock. So that's always well, that's, good. Yeah, that's, that's super important. Drinking on the job is good and you should do it like I am right now. So, uh, yeah, I was only kind of half watching because, uh, I mean, the TV was on in the background, but, you know, I was getting roped into conversations. So right on, right on. Um, it was a good match. Uh, the, one of the things I really liked when they opened was John Silver asking Adam Page for a fist bump like he was a fucking McPoyle just out there like bump it. Adam. <laughs> Come on, Adam, bump it. Adam Page is like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to bump it. I'm never I'm never bumping it. Very, very McPoyle and Charlie energy. And I really appreciated that to start. Um, the biggest thing that stood out to me is, is, is this uh, always sunny in Philadelphia? That's always sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, good. Wow. I, I don't know how I got that, but I got it. All right. Well, so I've only ever seen I've only ever seen one episode of that show, and it was oh, really? the, it was one of the best ones. Which one? Wild card, bitches! Oh, yeah, yeah. The Gang Solves the Gas Crisis. One yeah. of my personal favorites as well. Absolutely. I remember watching that episode when it premiered on FX with my friends, just like in my buddy's living room. Uh, man, like the first four seasons of that show are like television gold. They're perfect. Also a great wrestling episode in season five or six. Is that the Birds one? Maybe. Yes, Birds of War. It's uh, featuring Rowdy Roddy Piper. Wow. Roddy Piper is is involved in it, and uh, they're Birds of War, and it's just yeah, it's really a good episode. Great keep, wrestling. Keep that na- keep that that reference in the back of your mind. I will uh, always keep a Rowdy Roddy Piper reference in the back of my well, I more mind. Meant the birds, me I, I more meant the Birds of War, and I'll, oh, I'll tell well, you. And I'll tell I you also, why. You don't have to ask me twice to keep a Birds of War reference in my back pocket either. Okay. Anyway, continue. Okay, so what stood out to me the most in this match, Jeff? John Silver belongs. This is the John Silver actually fully belongs match. Wow. Uh, this is the one, right? Like this is the, I, I don't even want to say coming out party. Cause I think, you know, if you're an AEW fan and you've seen John Silver's work over the last couple months and known that he's got things in store, but to really uh, have it work bell to bell with a top guy like Adam page is, is a big thing. Great for dark order. Great for him. Uh, a really good opening match. Uh, it, the result we expected uh, Paige gets the buck, but you know what really stood out is John Silver at times looked like he really could win this match. And that's what you want out of a match like this is you really want to have that like seed planted in you. Even if you're sure of what you think the result's going to be that they'll get you just close enough that you, you might want to rethink it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, actually I can see them actually giving the match to Silver so they could do something with Adam Page, you know, storyline wise where he's kind of what also, a slump, so you know. But it doesn't look like uh, Adam Page is heading for a slump anytime soon. As a matter of fact, I'm assuming he's going to get another title shot probably sooner than later. Um you know, they'll get through the Kenny Omega Moxley stuff. We'll talk about that a little bit, too. But, yeah, I think he's uh, he's going to be sniffing gold again uh, uh, in the near future. So after the match ends, Dark Order enters the ring. And Evil Uno begins by addressing Paige and saying, no, 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 we come in peace. We're just going to, you know, we're going to have a little chit chat. We're going to uh, we're going to talk it out. We're going to, you know, get ourselves a, a coffee or a beverage of your choice. Um, you know, for me, I am drinking a another Bon and Viv Pear Elderflower Hard Seltzer. <laughs> right on. Can checks. Um, so he he goes over, you know, different regrets and saying, Paige, you have regrets. He brings up the elite. And then he says uh, the elite's the real cult, which I thought was a nice touch. Well, like, they, you know, they they make you uh, uh, conform and do this and that. And, you know, they're a cult. Actually, no, bro, you're you're a cult. 
Um, Can they so both be calling at a page here, which I think is a nice callback to uh, something they previously done earlier this year on uh, being the elite. Right. I remember. So tying some things together and, you know, something that I think hit and uh, one more. I have one more question coming out of this segment and one more uh, comment. Okay. Where the fuck is Brody Lee? Yeah, this is starting to get a little worrisome. Where is Brody Lee? So just take one guess. Where do you think Brody Lee is? I, I think he has to be injured or some or something. Okay, I think he's getting a new suit made. It's just a really good one. <laughs> he's like standing for all the measurements, and it's tiring. It's hard work. You know, he's standing, he's got to put his arms to the side, he's got to put his arms down, you put your arms up, you know, flexibility is important, you got to find the right materials, you got to find, you know, you know, you got to find a tailor in, in these trying times, Jeff. Hey, have you ever actually been measured for a suit? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is a pain in the ass. <laughs> it is a little bit of a pain in the ass. I used to have a very nice Lebanese tailor who was drunk most of the time, um, so it was always <laughs> a fun time to get measured up uh, from him, and he made some really great suits, he was, uh, he was on point, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, growing up uh, with a, a, a half Dago lawyer for a father, you learn a lot about suits. Moving on. Speaking of guys in suits. Uh oh. Oh, what? What happened? I'm still here. Oh, <laughs> you kind of dropped for a second. <laughs> no, I was still just waiting for you to, to talk uh, about the, the, the wrestling podcast that we're doing. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you're supposed to be carrying, but you're supposed to be carrying this though. Cause I, I didn't pay attention for, for, to the first hour, but speaking of guys in okay, suits, God. I do know that there was a promo with Kenny Omega backstage. Yes, but that's, see, that's, that's not yet. Uh, I, I got this. Wait, ready? Let me, ho- you know what, Jeff? Let me host the podcast. Okay. Okay. Let me host the podcast, Jeff. You go ahead. Yeah, 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 Jeff. I will. I will go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we we go to break right before break. They say Will Hobbs is coming out tonight, but they don't call him Will Hobbs, Jeff. They call him, quote, Powerhouse Hobbs. I, I saw that name. He's got a new name. He has been uh, a new nameified. He is Powerhouse Hobbs. We go to break. We come out of the break with a Kenny Omega interview with Alex Marvez. Uh, Kenny brings up his loss to, to John Moxley. Uh, I'm Kenny Omega. I'm the best. Blah 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 blah. Pretty Kenny Sander Kenny Omega stuff mm-hmm. uh, for this character. Uh, it gets to the end of the promo where he says he doesn't want any weapons. He doesn't want like all the no DQ stuff. He just wants it to. He wants Mox to beat him fair and square in the middle of the ring. Uh, it, it was a little bit long winded, and then it ends with Kenny's big zinger of the night where he says he leaves and he comes back. He goes, oh by the way, it was seriously like. He finished the promo and walked back was like, oh, I forgot to insult you. Hold on. Let me come back and be mean. So he's like, oh, and by the way, uh, you suck or something like that. And then I don't think your dad was that tough. And my dad would beat the shit out of your dad, he says. That was his big burn. His big burn is that his dad could beat up Mox's dad. Folks, tune in for AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming slash dad wars. We've we've wow. already had you know we've already had moms in the storyline so now it's time to get the dads in there dudes do rock um, I'm very excited for the uncle storyline who's gonna be the uncle storyline you think Ooh um, who's the uncle's storyline Damn who's the who's wrestling's greatest uncle who can be the the best uncle in a wrestling uh, uh, setting Who's AEW's uncle Uncle Elmer Uncle Elmer. I, <laughs> I think, don't know. I feel like Dr. Luther is AEW's uncle. Oh, there you go. 
He's just a he's just a goofy weird man that kind of just comes in and yells at everybody. You're not really sure what's up with him, but he's kind of fun at the holidays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uncle Luther. That's what I want to see. I want to see Uncle Luther with his nephew Serpentico. <laughs> his snake nephew. All right. What's next? Uh so we go to uh, a break, and we are back from break with a Darby Allen vignette. That's just so. Here, you said, did you not see the vignette at all? I saw. Yeah, I, I, a car got set on fire this time. Okay. I was going to ask you, going in blind, what you thought would ha- what it was the case of the vignette, and I was pretty sure you were going to say a car was set on fire. Like, if you were to guess what happened in a Darby Allen vignette, you could just take one guess. Your one guess would be, oh, well, did he light a car on fire? And there you the go. Was yes. Which, you know, um, I really respect Darby Allen for pushing the most important agenda of all, which is fuck cars. We need more trains. Burn all the cars. Build more <laughs> trains. We're going to get a bullet train from Seattle straight to Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, so Darby Allen can show up for more matches and burn less cars. Actually, you know, what? I'd be all for a Shinkansen uh, set up here in, in this great, oh, great man. country of ours. But you uh, imagine we had. Uh, it's so funny that. uh uh, Virgin Hyperloop was like touting this amazing achievement that they got a two person pod to go a hundred miles an hour when there's like whole ass trains going three times that speed in like literally the rest of the world. <laughs> I mean, it would be, you know, it, it would be actually rather um, uh, handy to, you know, uh, an hour's trip to, to Indy. If that also there's more, uh, more wrestling potential. Remember that DDT was that a DDT match that was on a train. Wasn't that a DDT? Match? Oh yeah. Yeah, the match on a train. One of my, fa- it's so good. Yeah, more wrestling on trains, folks. We could get, uh, we could get the Amtrak of Death Match. <laughs> uh, the uh, welcome to AEW Derailed, the pay per view taking place entirely on a train. <laughs> different cars are like different matches or stipulations. Oh, there's okay. a commentary car. There's like an interview car. There's like a hardcore match car. Uh, yeah, you got a whole thing. <laughs> I'm into this. <laughs> AEW derailed. Let's book it. All right. AEW Unbreakable, starring Bruce Willis. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you see all the commercials they had with Bruce Willis advertising diehard batteries? No, but that's very funny. Oh, yeah. They they showed them, like, a bunch of times throughout I'll tell the you what I got a lot of ads for tonight, being a resident of Georgia. A ton of Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff attack ads. A lot of negative ads focusing on Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. Well, um, and not a, and you know in Georgia, a place where I think a lot of folks are watching AEW. Man, like this is kind of it's kind of the hometown promotion, right? A lot of ties to Georgia and AEW, despite yeah. them running in Florida. You know their their home is kind of Georgia too, being a Turner place and everything as well. So uh, they definitely the 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 right wing super PACs are definitely getting out there with that ad money. Yeah, well, I I gave some of my money to the. You know, to the Warnock and Osoff campaign. I would, so. I, I would, I would say this as someone who's close to it. I would never ask anyone to give their money to John Osoff. He is a fucking lizard. If you want to go vote for Democrats, great. That guy's not going to help anybody. Although seeing Kelly Leffler lose would be funny, um, and also seeing David Perdue lose would be funny. So you know, it's it's a tough thing. John, people like John Osoff aren't going to come be out there to save you. I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, John Osoff ain't helping nobody. But, you know, if you want to go out and vote for a Democrat, that's cool, too. Back to the show. <laughs> so, mm. what's next? Oh, yeah, wait, I'm do- I was sipping on my uh, seltzer. Yeah, I'm so go. used to 
I'm so used to you getting things back on track. And, uh, you know, every, I, every time there was a pause, I, I kind of think, oh, well, Jeff's going to pick this up while I do things like. No, you're, you're, you're hosting, that. remember? <laughs> okay, I'm hosting. <laughs> All right. So uh, we go to our second match of the night. It is the aforementioned and newly named Powerhouse Hobbs taking on Lee Jobbers, uh, Lee Johnson. Um, Lee Johnson is out there. Will Hobbs, new ring gear. Did you see the new ring gear? Uh, yeah, it looks very Taz-like. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, he's got the orange singlet. He's an orange singlet guy. Not a whole lot to say about this match. Uh, it was an ass whooping. Lee Johnson went out there and got his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Hobbs is a big, big, scary man. Yes, he he's is. a big, scary dude. And I like to watch him beat people up. And uh, I'm, cl- I'm glad this Team Taz thing is, is happening. I think this is a really good uh, home for him right now. Yeah, I think I, it'll I this is pretty much a profile in like a really yeah. It's the the Taz affiliation is going to raise his profile in a way that's going to prepare him for a future singles career and and I think big things in the next couple of years. Um, but you know, this guys like Will Hobbs, we're going to talk about Anna Jay later, and some of the people on their roster, top flight. These are years long projects, right? These are people you want to see more of and you want to see do more, but. You, you got to think big picture, right? And like with people like Will Hobbs, I'm thinking down the road with Will Hobbs. I'm thinking years, right? But this is a great spot to build him. Uh, Taz comes out right after, uh, and he says that he's here because people don't respect his belt enough. And they should. They got to respect the belt. Uh, he says that he's not leaving, as a matter of fact, until somebody from AEW comes out there and respects his belt. He wants a manager to come out and respect his belt. He literally spoke to the manager. Taz is a Karen. Confirmed. Hey, I'm just going by the facts, man. Yeah, but you... And and the aforementioned manager did come out. The manager did come out in the form of Cody Rhodes. Cody comes out. He says, okay, I'm here. Uh, uh, Well, before Cody comes out, I should probably get to the mic cuts, right? So... He, he's yelling about the belts being respected. He gets his mic cut not once, but twice. He gets a mic cut off. He demands Justin Roberts give him uh, Justin's mic. Uh, Justin's mic then gets cut off while Taz is speaking into it. Uh, Tony Schiavone comes into commentary, informs us, the viewers, that Tony Khan has informed Tony Schiavone, pronouns, pal, that uh, they'll be asking Taz to leave the ring. Um, right after that happens, Cody does come out from Gorilla. Uh, Cody calls Powerhouse Hobbs Will Hobbs, forgetting the name that they just gave him. Um, they back and forth a little bit. Cody says, cool your jets, bro. We'll respect your title. Uh, quote, I'll run it up the flagpole, he tells Taz, which is just real kind of. So, you know, Taz wants to speak to the manager. The manager's condescending. Everyone's filming it on their phones. Taz has a ton of followers on Facebook. It's going to be a hell for Cody's business. How dare he? Um, we got, we're all going to hashtag boycott AEW right along with our Starbucks. Um, and then we're going to find out uh, how QAnon is going to tie Cody to Pizzagate. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but no, uh, uh, so they, they go back and forth a little bit. Cody wants to run up the ladder. Uh, Taz gets mad about that. Uh, he says, <laughs> I thought this was funny. He says, you're going to give me more corporate bullshit. You're going to say creative has nothing for me. Are you going to wish me my best in my future endeavors? Damn. Uh, yeah. So he, he uses the language from those other guys. Those other guys. 
What if I just talked about uh, WWE like Bill Maher talks about Republicans? Um, uh, please don't. Like the, the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> <laughs> New rule. Put some respect on the FTW belt's name. What are you doing out here disrespecting Taz? What are you, WWE? <laughs> um, so you, you are intentionally keeping me from the best part of this whole segment. <laughs> I'm about ready to take control of the show again. This, it's called. This is what buildup is like. This is how it works. This, we're going to get him there. We're going to get him there slowly but surely. So um, Cody's mad about that. They exchange some more stuff. Cody tells Taz, well, if you're so great, then why does your son hook? We're not burying that lead, by the way. Taz's son's name is Hook. Really? Yeah, they mentioned it like multiple times. They really wanted us to know that Taz has a son named Hook. Interesting. Uh, so Hook trains with Cody and not Taz. So Taz drops his mic and goes, that was low, bro. You crossed the line, bro. And he goes to leave the ring. But no, he doesn't leave the ring. That's where I'll let you take this, Jeff. The Katahajime. <laughs> The, once yeah, the, I, the, I really the, wanted you to pronounce that. The, 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 the most feared finisher in in extreme championship wrestling. I was going to say, when you said most feared finisher, I was going to say you said Judas Effect wrong, but... <laughs> oh my god, I lost... I, I saw yeah, this. I, I, I definitely lost thought. my mind. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, so he chokes Cody. Um, who, uh, the Gun Club makes, makes the save. There's so many guns. Uh, all I can say is the Katahajime. <laughs> My God, it, it has been too long since we've seen that. So, yes, uh, Taz do, did the thing that Jeff said. And then uh, the gun club came out to make the save. Taz leaves with his son, Hook. Again, his son's name is Hook. I just want to be very clear about that. Um, so, so Hook's inertia. <laughs> Yeah, so Hook's got the belt. Taz and Hook leave. Uh, Cody or Dustin and QT got there at some point, and uh, that's your segment. And we go to break. Uh, so yeah, this was really great, huh? Oh, uh, this was the the segment of the night for me. I think this was in a show that I thought was good. I thought this was the best part. I don't know. I mean, the, 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 there's another segment that I think maybe takes the segment of the night. But boy, I, right. did I lose my mind? Yeah, there for, is there is one that there's the... one segment that I popped harder for that I went like visibly more nuts for. Yes, uh, which we'll get to. So we go we go to break. We come back from break with uh, Eddie Kingston and Alex Marvez. Kingston, his very typical confident self, but especially confident, feeling pretty good, talking a little shit to Pac when he's interrupted by Mox. Uh, and they have another little stare down, another little moment, and they don't kiss. Jeff, Damn why it. don't they kiss? Because they're denying us this tension. Dudes rock, Jeff. Dudes, Dudes rock. rock. <laughs> <laughs> and we go to that brings us to our third match of the night. It is uh, what do they call themselves now? Darius and Dante, top flight. Yep, top flight. Taking on a uh, uh, hybrid two, Jack Evans from the heavens, and. Uh, one of my personal favorites on Helico. Indeed. Uh, and this is this is the kind of shit that you you already know I'm here for, man. Like this, when I found out this was a match, I got very excited, and uh, I was right to be. It turns out because this match fucked. It yeah. was really good. It started out with a ton of arm drags. Love arm drags. It's hold number one on the list of a thousand and four holds, Jeff. 
There's a reason it's hold number one, Jeff. Even it's even before a, arm bar? Even before arm bar. A lot of people don't remember that. Arm drag is hold number one. Arm bar is hold number two, arm seven, bar. 14, 436, 85, 67, 326, and uh, 738. Yeah. I, I know them all. I did see uh I did see some of this match. Yeah, this match was uh very good Woo! indeed. Um one of the things that stood out when they came back from the break, there was a really great hot tag executed by Darius. Um and yeah, just everyone showing off and it was one of those ones that kept building as it went along. The later uh like false finishes were really strong. A uh, lot of trade-offs, a lot of good reversals. Um and the hybrid two get the win. With an Angelico submission, which was really nice to see. Not the finish that I think a lot of people watching a match like this would expect with everyone doing all the flippy shit, that it would finish on the ground like this. And that's good storytelling. No, I agree. And uh, it's good that uh, it's good that uh, the Hyper 2 actually get a win on television, too. It's, Absolutely. Uh, it's no, really but, good. but conversely, so on the other side of that, are you concerned that Top Flight begins their AEW run 0-2? Not really. I mean, they're, what, 21 and 19 years old? Yeah, they'll that be correct. just fine. I think a lot of things we've been seeing lately are people who, they're getting their early exposure on TV. They're not there yet. They'll get the wins. They will, you know, they will be the, you know, the, 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 the stars of the future. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, I think uh, uh, this is a show, a particular episode that, highlighted a lot of those folks indeed say so, so this was really good uh hybrid two wanted some extra curriculars after the match uh they're trying to go for an extra little beat down but the young bucks come out and make the save for top flight what'd you think of that um uh, pretty typical actually considering yeah. the yeah. bucks brought them in to begin with so yep so now it's that mutual respect type situation uh you know you could have an eight-man tag with uh, them and ftr at some point or do something like that to fill yeah, there's possibilities having them uh, uh, have some mutual respect for each other. And of course, there will be a rematch, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. We then get the the last little bit that I did not see, but I know about it. Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose. Yeah, this is a short promo. Um, just kind of explaining themselves about Jade Cargill and kind of reassuring that, like, yeah, we were there, but, like, we kind of do whatever we want anyway. So, like, it's it's fine. Uh, calling out Brandy. Uh, a little bit of heat towards Brandy Rhodes there. Looks like they're setting something up with Nyla and Brandy. Um, you know, these are these things are fine, but this is the kind of thing that I think Nyla should take the lead on. Vicky is at her best when she's got a mic in her hand in the ring just screaming at people. These kind of more subdued backstage or like, uh, uh, you know, preset kind of things like this is where I think Nyla shines. And so if you want to use the best of what they both have as far as uh, like promo type ability, I think this is where you should have utilized Nyla a little bit more. We then get our fourth match of the evening. I may be missing a commercial break here or somewhere. I think or... they hit the break. Or no, I don't even know if they hit a break there. But yeah, we went to match four. Uh, uh, right, after... right after that. And it is uh, the Inner Circles, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager taking on uh, Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. SCU, The Addiction, whatever you want to call them. It's SCU. So, SCU! Right... I just like saying it. I do like saying I like SCU blasting. So it's I, a fun I, thing to do. So I, 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 so from here, I pretty much, I, I was, you know, giving full attention to the program after this. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back. <laughs> your dreams are your ticket out. 
welcome back Cotter podcast now <laughs> you know what i would listen to a welcome back cotter podcast i was just thinking the same that thing. show but, that show slaps i'm not going to get into psych here too much but um you know for, as a former burn notice podcast host i do have some familiarity with usa's characters welcome era and it's amazing how much psych is just soy burn notice <laughs> It's burn notice for virgins. I'm sorry. It's just it's the way it is. Back to the match. Uh, you know what? This match was whatever to me. Yeah, it was fine. Um, I couldn't pay attention to it, and I'll Fair tell enough. you why. Um, uh, well, we'll, we'll we're going to talk about why. Um, uh, Jericho entered the ring with the inner circle wearing some uh, noticeably new attire. Um, there was also some posts about it, and uh, uh, Excalibur mentioned the website. Um, contained in the, within that website, Jeff is a painmaker tracksuit. Oh no. I'm going to say that again, Jeff. It was a painmaker tracksuit. Pain so I spent, the, I spent the duration of this match looking at and uh sizing up and ju- trying to justify reasons why I should buy the painmaker tracksuit. So I was I was visualizing myself in the painmaker tracksuit. I was thinking how is it going to look on me? What shirts could I wear with it? Should I get one of these new shirts in this new line of merch to match with the tracksuit shoes. What kind of shoes would I wear? Would I have to, I'd have to pick a brand color scheme. Uh, uh, do I want like a, uh, like a trainer? Do I want more of like a basketball shoe? What's going to look right with that? Hats, accessories, bandanas. Jericho's a bandana guy. Can I be a bandana guy? Maybe if I'm wearing the Jericho tracksuit, I don't know. These are just things I'm, I'm they're, they're in my head. I'm, I'm getting them out there. But what I wasn't doing was watching this match. Yeah. Well, this match was, you know, not much. I mean, yeah, it, it was nice for the novelty factor of Chris Jericho and, and Christopher Daniels meeting for uh, allegedly the first time ever. What do you think the tracksuit feels like? You think it's soft? I don't know, I bet man. It, I, bet it, I bet it's soft. <laughs> Is it? It says, it says Painmaker Posse on the back in huge letters, and it's got, like, the new logo on the front, and it's got, like, striping, and it's red and black. Um, the pants are really cool. Uh, they got, they got, yeah, uh, they look really comfortable. So anyway, uh, MJF finishes the match by, you know, slugging Christopher Daniels with the diamond ring, which apparently we're getting a battle Royale for that diamond ringing again, uh, next you think, week. You think I could wear a scarf with the tracksuit? I'm, I'm sure it's, uh, I, I'm sure you could, I'm sure what Jericho kinda... would go with for that. Hmm, that's a that's a pretty good idea. Maybe uh, maybe I could get like a more wintry scarf since we're getting into the colder months. But would it match? Would I have to wear an overcoat over the tracksuit? Can you even do that? I think you can. Hmm. These are all questions I still have. Folks, hit us up on social media at BGT Podcast to talk to me about Chris Jericho tracksuits. <laughs> uh, Post match, uh, the inner circle try to keep attacking uh, Daniels and Kazarian. Kazarian just smacks MJF right in the mouth. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. And then uh, Scorpio Sky comes and makes a save. So Yes. He's Huzzah. got a chair, clears everyone out, and that's your match. Uh, I will say this. Jericho and Hager paired off in a tag team is probably the best use of them within the inner circle right now. Um, so cool. And, you know, so that's effective. Um, I guess good that the inner circle's still winning. Uh, moving on, right? Moving on to a promo with, oh, God, Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, and Miro about to start their new video gaming podcast Twitch stream thing. And then Orange Cassie just kind of comes by and 
turns off the Xbox Just X series. Just further proof that nobody respects Twitch streamers, and it's very unfair to us. Um, I, I really don't respect this feud, and I wish it would go away. Because yeah, at least we got to see Trent hit hit Kip with a thing. That's true. We did get to see that, but God, I, this feud pisses me off. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on. Here. We get take two of the John Moxley and Kenny Omega contract signing, and see, uh, it gets... Kenny Omega made a, made an, a, a, an egregious mistake last week. He got some goons to beat down John Moxley. Uh, he derailed the contract signing, but. He made a clear omission, and uh, it's a really glaring strategical error. He never said no do-overs. <laughs> well, so, uh, yeah, John Moxley beats the shit out of Kenny Omega, including... Before he even clears the tunnel. And you know what's funny is I was, just as I was thinking to myself, wow, those Kenny Omega dancers are really getting better at the choreographer. Oh, shit, never mind. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and uh, we even get a, a Death Rider onto the AEW title. So, Mox hey. was on fire in this segment. Holy shit. I, I Just, love this, this segment. Is, this encapsulates everything that's so good about Jon Moxley's title run, right? The unpredictability, the violence, the hard hits, the incredible promos, the emotion, the attachment to it, it feels so significant. You know, it everything matters when it comes to John Moxley. And it's just it's so refreshing. John Moxley might be the best top wrestling champion anywhere in like a decade or more. We really have to can start considering that. It, it, he's, he's definitely up, up there. there, man. He, he's up there. Yeah, he's, he's in this the, conversation. He's definitely up there. We'll we'll have that conversation sometime soon. I will point out that I um I think I need to listen to uh, Renee's podcast with with Mox. So I heard one specific clip from it, which was very very fun. Uh, did you hear that one that was going around? Uh, no. Okay, so there's a there's a great clip from don't that. Don't tell episode. me about it. Don't tell me about it's, it. It's I'll a thirty second thing, but it's very fun. Uh, it, it it involves John Moxley doing cocaine and going to a library. Oh, That's actually, all. okay. You know what? That, in a group chat I was in, they were mentioning that. So okay, yeah, it's so, just it's very fun. He was just telling his wife that he used to do a bunch of shitty coke and or speed and go read, <laughs> which is just so cool. God, I love that guy. He rules. Mox signs the contract. Everything's cool. The match is, yeah. is set for next week. I'm looking forward great to this segment, and this match is going to be fantastic. I'm yeah, greatly looking forward to it. We think. Um, I, th I, I mean, we should probably throw a quick prediction in. You think Mox wins? Because I do. God, I don't know. I mean, do you do you buy into the he's going to drop the belt to go quarantine to face Kenta? <sighs> I mean, it's a distinct possibility. I mean, that elephant has been in the room for so long. Absolutely. So I say that even if he does, he's still not dropping the belt. And here's why. I don't think any of these promotions care. Fucking Kenny Omega is still the AAA champion. Mox has had that IWGP US belt. If they were really concerned, if any of these major promotions were really concerned with their champions being away for two to four weeks, they would have already had him vacate these belts. I think even if Moxley's off TV for three to four weeks, they'll put a couple of promos in the can and keep the belt on him anyway. Yeah. It's a good distinct possibility. You know what? That is a good question, though. Uh, if They are still talking like Triple Mania is going to happen even without fans. Um, how long does Kenny Omega have to quarantine? 
That's a good question, too. I mean, you don't really have to quarantine traveling between the U.S. and Mexico. So uh, it's really that's really up to AEW and AAA. Moving on, we have an Inner Circle promo, and the only thing I took a note about was the fact that uh, Jake Hager and Wardlow are still just mean-mugging each other in the background. Which is good. That's, like, the one good thing that's, like, really working with all these, uh, especially with Jake Hager, who sucks. But that is kind of working. Jericho wants to wrestle Kazarian next week. Cool. Fine match. I'm in. Sure. We then get a, uh, a recap leading up to this match for the AEW... This Women. preview vignette was really good. It was. It was very good, but it leads yeah, it into... really nice. It leads into this match for the AEW women's title. Hikaru Shida defending against the Dark Order's Anna Jay. Um, controversial comment. This match was good, not great. I don't think that's controversial. I think that's totally fair, and I think that's what to expect from a match like this. I thought... It was a well-told story. I thought they did a really good job setting the tone early with the shoving match. I thought Anna Jay brought all of the attitude necessary to stand up to someone as charismatic and as just incredible at wrestling as Hikaru Shida. Um, it felt like a title match. That's the biggest thing, a compliment I can give it, is it felt like a championship match. Anna Jay has, again, only had what amounts to a handful of matches in her life, right? right. Like, even someone with... So let's say three years of experience has like a couple hundred more matches than her. Right. So like to someone who has like a, like less than a hundred wrestling matches in their life to have a title match on TNT against one of the best in the world. That's, I mean, what more can you expect? I thought she held her own. No, no, I no. Thought... She, she did. But I mean, there were just, you know, certain things that I think with a little more experience and seasoning, the match oh, yeah. would have gone better. I, no question. Uh, case in point, the very the very finish after you know Sheeta hits that shining wizard on her, and then rolls her in the you know rolls her up for the pin. She notices that Anna Jay's feet are on the rope, so she actually moves them like in mid count. Which that's you know veteran stuff right there, bringing yeah. back into the in, in within within the ropes. I thought that was good. I mean that's like the kind of thing you expect a vet to do, right? But yeah, you want to uh, if you're Anna Jay or if you're the person taking the move, you want to try to keep yourself away from those. But yeah, that's nitpicking. Um, I think Anna Jay in I would say between four and six years is going to be a top star on this show. I, I would tend to agree with that. This is a long term project, but I think they're handling it quite well. And uh, her uh, uh, pairing up with Ty Conti is going to be absolute gold in the meantime. They are a star duo. Um, the biggest story from this is the post match. Yeah, it is. In, in which um, Hikaru Shida is challenged in the most non-conventional way by Abaddon. Abaddon! Woo! Abaddon! Yeah, we, we get Abaddon. exact recreation of what I did when she came on the screen. It, it, I was, uh, we can get Abaddon on, 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 on Wednesday nights. Oh, yeah. Bro, if we could get Abaddon on Wednesday nights, I would like to take her to an Evanescence concert on a Thursday night. I'm just saying. <laughs> God, wow. Uh, speaking of that, I'm just saying I would buy, I would buy era, Abaddon the entire jewelry kiosk at Hot Topic. Speaking of that era, we then get a Matt Hardy promo where he basically recreates his Ring of Honor character. <laughs> So, well, this is the this is the thing with Matt Hardy. So what he's doing now is he is the culmination of all iterations of Matt Hardy and just switches between them now. And I think that's fun. 
I think it's pretty cool. So, so like, you're saying, so you're saying he's the he's the professor version of the Hulk. He's well, he's just he's anything he wants he, to be. He, 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 he traveled he, through space the, and time. He, he's the mix of Banner, the Green Hulk, and Joe Fixit, the Gray Hulk. As long as at some point he's Ang Lee's Hulk, I'll be happy. <laughs> oh, you want to hear? You want controversial opinions? You want a controversial opinion? Ang Lee's Hulk was better than every single MCU Marvel movie. That's a pretty controversial opinion. I stand behind that. Well, come, well, come, fucking see me if you if you have anything to say. You know what? You know people say don't at me. Fucking at me. Ang Lee's Hulk is better than every Marvel MCU movie at Thick Flare TTV. Come get the fucking smoke. All right, we'll we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> Uh, we come back and, uh, as Taz has, has stormed out of Daly's place, Ricky Starks is left to take the, uh, the reins of this promo. And it was, uh, pretty good up until the point that Brian Cage opened his mouth and because he cannot cut a promo for shit. <laughs> so, you know what though? He's so funny. I've, he's become endearing to me now. Like when Ricky Starks is like saying a bunch of hot fire, he just like leans forward and goes, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, so with the best with the best in wrestling bro we're, we're, we're the best at wrestling yeah yeah <laughs> dude another thing that st- stands out in this promo will hobbs is huge he's huge he, he, he's even a next boy. to brian cage he's huge he, 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 he he's a rather large gentleman yes that is a that is a big big beefy boy i'm very excited to see him beat more people up also great shirt ricky starks and where were they was this an empty banquet hall you know that's a good question i mean there's not a lot of banquets going on anymore so i guess they under, they I had mean, the room yeah they, they could they could get in rather easily our main event of the evening, which I'm very happy this was the main event of the evening. Um, it has, to, it, it Butcher, has to. Butcher and the Blade against two 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 edges of El Triangulo de la Muerte, Pac y Rey Phoenix. Um, the uh, acute angle de la Muerte. Um, something was off to me during this match, and it took me halfway through, and I finally figured out what it was. What was throwing me off the whole match, psycho- it was just a, a little psychological thing, was because Ray Phoenix's outfit tonight looked more like uh, another luchador's, uh, Flamita's. And you DM'd me about that once you noticed it, and afterwards, I then could not unsee it for the rest of the match. Yeah, it, it was like Flamita was, was taking It was very, it Phoenix's was Flamita-esque. It was, uh, it was Flamita-adjace, so, to be sure. Yeah, um... This match rocked. Yeah, I mean, it's just good to have Pac back, right? It's it really just nice is. to have Pac in the ring doing Pac stuff. Eddie Kingston on commentary for the second week in a row. Yeah, it, it, he is commentary gold. He is, and he's so good at uh, uh, using his time to tell this story and to stay on track and and progress the storyline and add you know layers to their characters and their motivations, um, and doing it in a way that makes you know what's going on with the other characters in this so interesting uh, a true like master of like enhancing everyone around him and bring and raising everybody up uh which is exactly what you want from a veteran like him he's just so good at what he does man uh eddie kingston of course interferes to uh to affect the finish so, and, so and the blade before, we, before oh. we just gloss over this match i want to say something andy williams belongs in main events 
This is not Andy Williams' first main event match on AEW Dynamite. And anytime he's been in the main event, he has done nothing but show up. Andy Williams is fucking legit. Um, I, all four guys were really good in this match. Oh yeah, honestly. I mean, and, 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 and it's a given. And you know, the Blade, you know, uh, uh, Pepper Parks is you know a steady hand. He always has been, right? He's a reliable ring guy. Ray Phoenix is one of the best in the world. Pack is one of the best in the world. Andy Williams is the guitarist from Every Time I Die, and he is a legit professional wrestler. But I mean, can we also once again? I I, I lost count, but this is like the fourth time in gosh. In I, I want to say like the last six episodes that the Lucha Brothers have figured into the main event in some way. Well, they should. That's and yes, they is, should. When the show started and when they announced that the Lucha Brothers, I mean, they were one of the AEW's first signings, right? They were one of the first announced signings to All Elite Wrestling. And right from that day, if you had been following the Lucha Brothers, your first inclination is, oh, these guys are main eventers. These are the top of the card guys. And they should be in the main event. They should be in the main event damn near every week. They should be sniffing or around or holding titles. Almost, I mean, I think at some point we need to have the Lucha Brothers with with the tag titles and pack with the with the big belt. It's got to happen. If you're gonna, you got to do it. I agree. I totally agree. Um, Dominance. Eddie, they need to dominate. Eddie Kingston affects the finish of the match. Uh, the Blade gets the pin on Ray Phoenix. Afterwards, uh, Eddie Kingston. Continues to try to beat the shit out of everyone involved in El Triangulo de la Muerte. And then they get rescued by uh, Lance Archer. Yeah, so now they are El Trapezoid de la Muerte. <laughs> I'll have to look up. Uh, I'll have to look that up. But uh, yeah, that, that was unexpected. Yeah, that was uh, El Rectangle de la Muerte. Rectangulo de la Muerte. <laughs> Quadrangulo or something. <laughs> Quadrangulo. Yeah, is, uh, is Jake the Snake in it? Ooh, well, there you go. <laughs> Rhombus de la Muerte. <laughs> and with that, we fade out from episode 56 of AEW Dynamite. Uh, yeah, um, I'm actually pretty psyched for next week's Winter is Coming, you know, big Wait, you episode. you can't say Winter. I can't believe they didn't get cease and desisted by HBO for doing this very Game of Thrones adjacent thing. Well, how can you, how can, well, remember though, hang on, remember, they're all Turner Networks. True, but like. And, 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 oh, and yeah, AEW does HBO Max promos. Yeah, okay, so, okay, fair, fair. Maybe go. that's so, maybe that's how they get away with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah so Which is go. funny because like Seth Rollins already did the 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 Night King thing like 2 years ago. Right. He did it at, uh, at WrestleMania, the one I was at in New Orleans. Yeah, shit. And it so, was cool. It was really cool entrance gear. So I, I mean, I, you know, as a, as a big dork, I am excited to see how into Game of Thrones they <laughs> lean here. I mean, Eddie Kingston has called himself the Mad King and worn very Lannister-looking gear before. So we, he's already got the Lannister shit ready. Uh, so let's do it. Let's do some Game of Thrones shit. Let's just have everyone. Let's have all the factions just like be different great houses, and let's just come out and do trial by combat next week. They should. Uh, uh, the fucking Kenny Omega John Moxley match should end when someone gets thrown out the moon door. I don't get that joke, but you know it sounds funny. Well, you know maybe you should you should read a book, brother. <laughs> I'm, thinking of a, I'm thinking of like a guy who considers himself an intellectual because he reads George R. R. Martin. Like read a book, sweetie. Yeah, well, I, 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 you know what? This is the third week in a row we've talked about George R. R. Martin. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm a socialist talking about reading theory, but what I mean is like reading the lore books from A Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> oh, boy. You know what? I have a vacation to start. Paul, <laughs> go ahead and plug yourself. You can follow me on Twitter at ThickFlareTTV, all C's, no K's, or at Twitch.tv slash ThickFlare. Uh, we're streaming every weekday morning, 9 to around 11 or later a.m., and also most days around 4.20 Eastern time to around 7 or later. On Wednesdays, which is today, we do Broken Skull Wednesday. This is a new thing we're doing where we're watching Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge. It's very fun. Uh, so I recommend joining us for that especially. And, uh, of course, on Mondays, Lucha Underground, the Lucha Underground stream, uh, on Monday afternoons and all kinds of other stuff in between. Uh, so come on and see me there and uh, tell me why I'm correct about Ang Lee's Hulk being better than every MCU movie. That's all I got. You forgot the show account once again. Oh, you can follow us on social media on the Twitters. Uh, you follow our Twitter. It's BGTD Podcast. That's BGTD Podcast. I am a professional. Also, uh, buy me a Chris Jericho tracksuit. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, my personal Twitter, at GD Wessel. Um, as I said at the top of the show, uh, we're going to do Busting Balls this uh, this weekend because of uh, the death of... Uh, we definitely had to do it now because of the death of Diego Maradona. So needless to say, that's our main topic for this coming week. So just going to be me and my co-host talking Diego Maradona for... Maradona had tattoos of Castro and Che Guevara, just, you know. What, 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 what more? Yeah, what more do you need to know about the man? He was cool as hell. R.I.P. Diego Maradona, real one. All right, Paul. Enjoy your uh, if you're if you're doing the Thanksgiving thing. Uh, enjoy your 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 meal. I'm going to be uh, doing something along those lines. Keep it small. Keep it safe. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy your time and uh, yeah, safety first, man. Yeah, yeah. Please stay stay home if you can, please. Yeah, stay home, watch Twitch streams, and uh, to, smoke crack. And listen to wrestling podcasts, R.A.P. Bob Ryder. All right, winter is coming next week, and we'll talk to you then. Oh, he said the thing! I said the thing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye.